0: Hello, and welcome to Home Equity Bank's Mindful Money Podcast. My name is Steve Ranson, and for 20 years, I've been the CEO of Home Equity Bank. We're a federally regulated bank that specializes in helping Canadians age 55 or older release the equity they built in their homes. That money can then be spent any way you want, on renovations, travel, helping other family members, buying a home, or reducing debt. As a bank, we have only one product, reverse mortgages, but it's a financial tool that can and should be incorporated into any conversation about long-term financial planning. With this podcast series, we want to talk about many of the broader issues that affect the financial well-being of Canadians. Managing debt, healthcare options, financial planning, real estate trends, and the impact of demographic shifts on the economy. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Home Equity Bank's Mindful Money Podcast. I'm Deirdre McMurdy. Today, our conversation is with Wanda Morris, Vice President of Advocacy for CARP. CARP is the leading advocacy association for Canada's largest and fastest growing demographic group, older Canadians. Maybe I should be more specific, Wanda, hello. Hello, Deirdre. Now, let's start at the very beginning.
1: Who are CARP members? So our CART members are are individuals right across the country who are are aging, are concerned about their finances and their health, or others uh, who are concerned about parents or grandparents in that demographic.
0: Now, are there certain issues that are of greatest concern to your members, whether they are those in a supporting role or those who are? in their golden or approaching
1: golden years? Absolutely. Uh, So our our members are concerned about uh, getting effective health care, about being financially sustainable for their retirements, and also about having their human rights respected, particularly being free from ageism. Now, are there some regional
0: differences that you've observed? CARP's a national organization, there are a lot of different economies and sort of pockets across Canada.
1: Certainly what we've seen is that in a few areas, there's significant concerns about housing. Anybody who's been exposed to the Toronto market or the Vancouver market knows how how high housing prices have gone and, and those have certainly come into play in those areas. Other folks uh, in other parts of the country, that's not so much of an area. But, uh, for example, in the Maritimes, which have some of the oldest Canadians uh, in terms of their population makeup, health care is a, is a significant issue there. Although I have to say there's really not a jurisdiction in the country where healthcare isn't an issue. I suppose that's true. Now, in your Twitter profile,
0: you describe yourself as a staunch advocate for great health care and financial security for boomers and beyond. Now, do these two issues naturally fit together? Are they distinct? Is there some way for us to unbundle what you've described yourself as?
1: I think the the greatest connection is that if you are not financially secure, there is a significant impact on your health. We talk about something called the population determinants of health. So if if somebody doesn't have uh, a proper education, if they don't have uh, proper finances, that can, really play out in the way that uh, they live out their retirement years. Uh, There's also quite a disconnect between the services that we provide as a a funded uh, national health care program in Canada and what people are aware of that's being funded. Um, One of the greatest uh, I I would say pieces of information that people don't have is that for the most part individuals must fund their own long-term care. Uh, So when people get into their 80s or 90s or in a situation where they need additional home care or additional help uh, people aren't realizing that they've got to save up for that So somebody without financial security can really face difficulties in living the life they want right through till uh, their dying days.
0: Wanda, you certainly make financial security sound like a very fundamental, sort of a real cornerstone of, I guess, well-being in this case. Are there certain issues that are at the forefront? For example, we hear a lot more about the debt load that seniors are carrying and in the past that wasn't as much at the forefront.
1: I think it's really significant. What we see is uh, is many seniors heading into retirement with mortgages, far more than we've seen in the past. Uh, and we see uh, individuals very concerned about their children. Their uh, Millennials are older children who aren't uh, having the same start that they had in life, uh, who have a a much bigger hurdle to overcome in terms of of finding work. And then uh, many people, many of our members want to help their youngsters be homeowners. So we get to a situation where a number of CART members and others have, have given money to children and grandchildren, and sometimes they couldn't afford to do that. Now, Is there a reason why we've seen this increase in
0: debt and sort of uncertainty around the financial future for seniors?
1: Well, I think a key part of it is that they are giving money to children and grandchildren to help them get established in a home, in a career, getting through education. Uh, we've also seen a rise of what's often called gray divorce. Uh, and when you couple that with a very high housing market, you know, a couple might have bought a house, you know, 20 or 30 years ago and be living together in it quite comfortably, but when suddenly they need to finance two households, what looked like a comfortable retirement can become financially precarious.
0: Now, maybe put on your CPA hat, because I know that you are a a chartered accountant by training. Uh, What about the state of financial plans? I mean, you're identifying this as such a core issue, and you're speaking about the pressures around it. Are Canadians doing enough to plan
1: their financial future, in your view? You know, if there's one thing I hear from our members probably more than anything else, it's... If I knew then what I know now, I would have saved more for retirement. Uh, It's one of the big reasons why CARP pushed so hard for changes to the Canada Pension Plan, so that uh, the children and grandchildren of our members would have some further security in retirement. Uh, you know, certainly there's many of our members that have done all the right things and are in great shape financially for retirement, but there are many, many more who aren't. Uh, one statistic that always terrifies me is that fully one-quarter of our single seniors, uh, and those are mostly women, live in poverty.
0: Well, that's it's a pretty remarkable statistic for sure. And in a recent National Post column, you addressed some of these uh, pressures as they are exacerbated by the erosion of corporate pensions in particular. Now, how is that manifesting in terms of the senior population in
1: Canada? The, the situation with pensions I, I mean I hope everybody that that hears this goes to our website and signs up to uh, carp.CA slash pensioners to protest against uh, the current laws we've we've launched a petition to change them because frankly they are unfair uh, as one of the Sears pensioners said uh, if if I stole money from the company I would feel the full effects of the law. How come the company can steal from me? So we think about pensioners who have worked for their organizations for not just years, but decades, uh, taken a wage as they worked, but deferred much of their compensation to have a pension in retirement. And now a big chunk of that pension is at risk of disappearing. Uh, I think it's, it's very clear that our laws don't go nearly far enough to, to protect pensioners in retirement. And that has significant consequences. You know, if you were to lose 20% of your current paycheck, how would that feel for you? And and when we think about pensioners losing 20% of their incomes, that's a, you know, it's a significant setback, and, and often we're not talking about high wage earners, so that's not you know, that they're cutting their vacations down from five a year to four. They're really having to, to cut back significantly, and they're often losing some of the benefits they had as well, the, the physio, the extended health that was going to make their retirement just that much more comfortable. What sort of changes are you pushing for with this petition, Wanda? Well, what happens right now under the law is that if a a company becomes bankrupt or or seeks uh, protection from creditors, the unfunded Portion of a pension, uh, the amount that a company hasn't paid over the years, which can be very significant, has no protection. Uh, and, and we saw what, what happened, for example, to, to Nortel, to, to Indelex, to, to individuals at other companies where they, they were simply left without any security. So what CARP is saying is If there is such an event, you know, if a a corporation hits troubled waters, the pensioners shouldn't be at the back of the line, they should be at the front. So we're asking for something called super priority. Put the pensioners at the front of the line. Uh, You know, bankers have many different customers. A creditor working with a, a company maybe is owed for 30 or 60 or 90 days worth of goods or services. But a pensioner can be owed for 10, 20, 30, 40 years of work. And they don't have the option of getting another job. You know, they don't have multiple pensions to pull on. So I, I, we think, I think it's critically important that we put pensioners at the front of the line and give them the fullest protection that we can. Another thing that
0: CARP is supporting is the development and implementation of a national senior strategy. It does seem like there are a lot of ad hoc programs and departments, both I guess federally and provincially, that are involved. What would this strategy look like, Wanda?
1: One of the challenges that we have is that there's a almost a circle of things that happen. Let's take the the situation of caregivers. So we want to uh, alleviate Uh, the the challenges that caregivers face Uh, so we need to to, um, provide respite care but we need funding for respite care and we need respite care beds Uh, but we don't have those. We've got um, people in hospitals that could go home uh, if there was caregivers there to support them but the caregivers don't have the support um, to look after the folks from the hospital so then um, other members of ours can't get in to get the operations that they need perhaps for a knee replacement or, or something else, so then they are putting an increasing burden on the caregivers back home. So we just have this vicious circle of of interlocking problems and it's very hard to solve one of them in isolation. So the idea behind a senior strategy is, is let's grapple with this whole issue once and for all. we also have you know, the significant challenge of, of the f- federal funding for health care but the provincial setting of priorities. So the federal government might say you know, we want to put money into home care but it, you know, the provinces have a lot of autonomy in how they spend money and certainly what we've seen in the past is that that money is taken and it's spent um, sometimes uh, just goes into general revenue. So the idea of a senior strategy where we get the the federal government and the provinces on board committing to look at, at overall solutions because, frankly, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're seeing now that we have more Canadians 65 and over than under 15, uh, but that number is going to go up exponentially. Right now, I believe we have four people working for every person that's retired, and you know, within the next uh, generation, we're going to see more of a two-to-one ratio. If we don't fix this now, uh, it's not getting better.
0: What about the whole issue of aging in place, where does that fit in and what is it going to take to get some more traction and support
1: for that option? I, I think you, you have two questions. One is is how do we encourage people to stay at home uh, and the other is how do we allow people to stay at home and and the answer is the same. I mean, people want to live at home. Uh, but it takes a, a certain um, amount of care for them to do so. Now, we know that there's approximately 26 billion dollars um, donated, spent, every year uh, by unpaid, informal family caregivers. If the health care system had to pay for that, it would go belly up, but the reality is that the reliance on these informal, unpaid caregivers uh, is not sustainable. Uh, and. Where the situation is probably the most difficult is where we have individuals with dementia, uh, Alzheimer's or, or other types, where these individuals will do so much better at home because when they get moved, if their routine changes, that could be very unsettling. Uh, they have individuals who don't know what their needs are, find it harder to speak with them, so it puts a tremendous strain on the system, yet there's you know no caregiver that's more stressed than a caregiver for somebody with dementia. So the idea is we really need some robust investment in home care, providing support, um, giving people some control over how they spend those dollars. Uh, I think we, we need to be uh to recognize that you know what somebody might need is, is not what somebody else might need. And and if somebody can come in and, and chop vegetables or do vacuuming and that allows a caregiver to, to keep their loved one at home, then we should be supporting that because it's a heck of a lot cheaper to keep someone at home than in you know, a long-term care facility or or a hospital. Um, you know people generally want to have their loved ones at home but the burden can sometimes be really crushing. And then there's the second tier of issues is that, uh, you know, we already know we have so many women in Canada that uh, live in poverty in retirement in their, their older years. And you know one of the big reasons for that, we've been talk about the wage gap, another one is that it's typically women that take time out to child raise. Uh, and so they're not contributing to corporate pension plans or Canada Pension Plan during that time and often their earning trajectory uh, reduces because of those choices and now what we see with many Canadians living older is that uh, it's typically the the daughter or the daughter-in-law who is the caregiver and who stays home and is once again out of the workforce. Uh, So if we don't do more to to look after our caregivers, not only are they getting um, physical and, and mental health challenges, but we're condemning them to also live in poverty as they age. You've been vocal in the past about the need to age proactively. What do you mean by that? You know, one of the, the things we do here at CARP and our sister organizations in media is we're pretty relentless in tracking our data. And we look at, uh, you know, if we send an email, how many people open it, how many people click. And and I can tell you that there's really nothing that gets a, a, a higher a lower open rate or a, or a greater um, unsubscribe me rate than a, a product or a service that's uh, designed to help us age well. So whether it's about um, how to handle incontinence or how to go upstairs or walk in bathtubs, people don't need to be remo- don't like to be reminded about the fact that they're aging. A- and what I mean about aging proactively is we need to change our point of view 180 degrees. Because what happens instead is, instead of embracing these products and services, people withdraw. Uh, they stay away from group conversations because they can't hear well. Uh, they don't go out because they're worried about having an accident. Uh, they start to live in just a portion of their house because they can't handle stairs. So I, I say, you know, put your big girl panties on, or uh, if you're not somebody who wears panties, <laughs> cowboy up. Uh, <laughs> face aging, you know, because. Two things. One is there's some great products and services out there that will help us live better as we age. The other thing is if we spurn, if we continue to spurn those products and services, that really takes away the incentive for people who are designing these great products that will give us uh, the chance to live healthily into retirement.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us, Wanda.
1: My pleasure.